Hey everyone, uh, Andres here, um, and I wanted to start doing something a little bit different. Um, I realized that um, <laughs> I probably should have done this to begin with, but uh, I've never actually made a video or any kind of any kind of introduction for you guys as to who I am, where I come from why I do what I do for a living, why I'm a coach, um, you know, my whole sort of journey and my path to doing this as a, doing this for a living, um, you know, what, why I'm passionate about it and, you know, all that kind of thing, all, all those kinds of things that, you know, some of you might be wondering, like, you know, who is this guy? You see my Instagram, you see my website, um, and hopefully I've done a really good job of portraying, the business side of, of what the strength cave is. Um, you know, we're a company that focuses on getting people stronger, getting people healthier. Um, the name lends itself obviously to heavy lifting, but I don't think there's a lot that I put out there as far as my Instagram or even, you know, any of the social media platforms that speaks to who I am as a person and why I do what I do. So, um, for a while now, I've actually been uh, planning to do a podcast that would center around, um, you know, people who are high performers in this field of strength and conditioning, um, high performers in the realm of nutrition science, and just high performers in general uh, when it comes to wellness, fitness, um, and, and being a healthier and more fit version of you. Um, and so I've actually recorded some episodes um, that I haven't put out yet because I've been sort of sitting on what I want to call the podcast and what I want to have the direction of the podcast be. Um, and, you know, I'm the kind of person that's kind of like I get paralysis by analysis at times because of it um, or I want everything to be perfect uh, before I put anything out. But I realize that it's better that I just start putting things out um, and figure out the details later uh, because ultimately, you know, it's like like with anything. I mean, this podcasting or doing videos or putting out content on social media, it's just something that you need to practice. Um, and you're not going to be that good at it to begin with. Like you're going to be, unless you're, you know, born to do it, you're not going to be that great, but you want to put the practice in, get better at it, get the feedback and change things as needed. So what I've decided to call the podcast is the peak human project. Um, and that has a lot of roots in where I come from and who I am as a person now and the journey that I've gone through over the last 10 years, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I've sort of been through a lot as far as um, fitness journey is concerned, I guess. Um, and I've and I want to be able to share that with you guys on a more intimate level as far as knowing who I am and not just knowing what my company does. Um, so um, I'll get into right away um, who I am, where I came from. So um, obviously, you know that I have the Strength Cave. That's my main business where I do coaching. I'm an online coach um, for both nutrition coaching and programming as, you know, uh, writing training programs for people, things of that nature. Um, and so on the surface, you probably see that the business is sort of swayed or geared a little bit more towards high performance powerlifting, bodybuilding, weightlifting, that kind of thing. 
as is evidenced by the name, the Strength Cave, doesn't really ring through to being like a you know like a wellness company or just a you know a health company. It's a it's a little it's a little edgier, I guess. Uh, if you go to the website, it's also sort of that same vibe. Everything's dark. There's people lifting heavy weights in the pictures, things like that. But I actually have a background that is a lot more nuanced and a lot more. Um, uh, has a lot more variety to it than just performance. Um, so, um, when I was a kid growing up, um, I was actually really overweight. Um, you know, I was, a, I come from a Latin culture. Um, I'm Mexican. My dad's from Mexico. Um, my mom's family is also descendant from Mexico and there's nothing wrong with Mexican culture. I don't mean this in any bad way at all, but, um, as with most cultures, there's a lot of really good food and there's a lot of rich food and, and family gatherings are centered around food. And so from an early age, I was actually, you know, I guess you could say, um, I, I, there was just so much food around me and I had a really hard time controlling what I ate. Um, and you know, my, my tendency was to overeat all the time and, and it's kind of always snacking and always, um, eating these, these, these rich foods that were really calorically dense that, and obviously as a kid, I didn't know any better. I'm just eating food that's around me. Um, and so, you know, that caused me to start gaining some weight, but probably what really made it even worse was that, uh, I developed a taste for fast food. Um, I loved McDonald's. I loved burgers and fries. I love pizza and wings. And, you know, that probably partly came from, you know, having meals with my mom, you know, that, that was a way that we spent time together. Um, my brother also who was overweight, um, in his own right. Uh, he, you know, we would share meals and things like that. And that was just kind of a way to bond. And so, um, over time, you know, I, um, the more fast food I ate, the more my bad habits around eating spiraled, the more weight I gained. Um, and initially it wasn't like the hugest deal because uh, I was a really active kid. I played a lot of sports. I was in basketball, soccer, you know, always playing dodgeball at recess and tag and all like any other kid would be. And so that kind of mitigated some of the effect of my diet and, and didn't, you know, allow me to spiral too far into gaining weight. But I was always, sort of the overweight kid, right? I was always the bigger kid. For a while, I was like a taller kid. Um, I was like, I grew really fast as a little kid. And so that kind of also masked my weight problem. But definitely I was like the bigger kid in school and I wasn't, I didn't look like all of my friends. Um, and so over time, what happened was, you know, as I got a little bit older, like into my teens and stuff, you know, I started to develop an embarrassment for the way I looked, um, kind of embarrassed to be that big fat kid who's playing sports because, you know, it's kind of funny to watch the fat kid run up and down the court and, and stuff like that. People make fun of you when you're a kid. Um, and so I, I, I was embarrassed by the way I looked in that sense. I was embarrassed to like summer came around. We're all going swimming. I didn't really want to take my clothes off or take my shirt off at the gym or sorry, at the, at the pool because I was embarrassed. You know, all my friends were lean, normal looking kids. And here I was with a belly and a lot of, you know, extra fat 
And, um, you know, definitely as kids start to make fun of you for it, you start to be really self-conscious of that. And so the more I got sort of bullied for that, um, the less and less I kind of wanted to partake in uh, physical activity and be around people who would judge me for the way I looked. And so, as you can imagine, that caused me to be less active. That caused me um, to gain more weight because of the fact that I was less active and because of the fact that my eating habits stayed the same. I didn't know what proper nutrition was. Um, I didn't I didn't know how to control my portions, all that kind of thing. And I, I, to a certain degree, probably definitely took comfort in um, took comfort in in what uh, what food gave to me, which was it, it tasted good and made me feel good. And you know I still had all those same feelings around sharing meals with my mom and my brother and all that. So needless to say, over the course of my adolescence in you know in teenage years and through high school, um, I ballooned up quite a bit. And for a while I was pretty, um, I guess you would say in denial about all of it. Like I didn't really think that I needed to lose that much weight. I didn't think that the problem was really as big as it was. I would avoid looking at myself in the mirror and taking pictures. And, you know, now I'm actually really, um, like I really regret the fact that I didn't take a lot of pictures because I wish I had more pictures to show to the world of what I looked like once upon a time and, uh, to show people that it's possible to come from having the card stacked against you to being able to be a, a better picture of what a healthy human being should look like. Um, but anyways, I by the time I got to my senior year, I was over 300 pounds. Um, despite growing really fast as a kid, um, that stopped around middle school, so I'm only about 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, so being 300 pounds at 5'7", five, 5'8", five, is pretty, pretty large. Um, who knows... Um, how big was my max? Like I remember seeing 300 and some odd pounds on the the scale when I would go to the doctor's office. Um, but I don't really know exactly where I started or, or what was my highest weight exactly. I just know it was in that ballpark. Um, and so a couple of things happened. So in my senior year, obviously it was really apparent that like I wasn't getting any attention from females, um, and, you know, it dawned on me that it was definitely had to do with the way I looked. Uh, part of it was also that I was kind of an introverted person. Um, and so, like, I wasn't really the one to go up and talk to a bunch of people and, and be, like, the center of attention or, or be, a, like, you know, that charming person that, that get, has a lot of friends in school. And so that definitely um, contributed to it. But, you know, I, I found myself around, like, winter break in high school, homecoming had just passed. I didn't have a date to homecoming, not even close. Like I I think I asked somebody to go to the dance with me and they said no. And so, um, it was becoming more and more apparent that like, I wasn't just like, I couldn't be in denial about the way I looked anymore. Cause unfortunately in high school and even, you know, after high school looks are really important and that's how you're sort of judged as far as your dateability. Right. Um, so I didn't have a date to homecoming problems coming up. I don't have a date to that either. And it seems like I'm like having going to have just as bad a luck getting a date to that. Um, and I started to look at my family and see that a lot of, you know, my brother was extremely overweight, even more so than I, and he had lost a bunch of weight. Um, you know, diabetes, 
obesity, those are really prevalent in um, America in general, but as a Mexican American, um, we're kind of more predisposed to that. And so we have to be more careful about it. My dad has diabetes, even though he was always an active guy and was never really overweight or anything like that. But even, you know, he developed diabetes because of bad eating habits that just didn't really show up on his waistline. Um, and my, you know, a lot of my family members were dealing with health issues that were probably a result of being overweight and having poor lifestyle habits. And so all of this culminated one day in me waking up and saying to myself, like I saw some pictures from homecoming and I was disgusted with the way I look, looked. Um, and like, it all just sort of hit me that I can't keep going on the way that I've been going on forever or else it's going to lead to a really bad place. I'm not just from the way I look like I was going to obviously keep gaining weight and be, you know, extremely obese at some point, but also like the health implications of that. Right. Um, I already couldn't do some of my favorite sports and, and like I couldn't play basketball anymore. I couldn't go and hang out with my friends cause they were active people. And so like, if they wanted to go play sports, like I wasn't in shape to do that. So it was already like, I could see all the cogs in motion. And one day I woke up and I decided that enough was enough and that I was going to change my life. Um, I was going to stop eating fast food. I was going to stop drinking soda because all I drank was soda. I didn't drink water. I hated water. I thought you could just live off of soda and that was fine. Um, and I was going to start trying to exercise. And I thought if I could do those three things that it would make a difference that I would lose weight and that I would, um, change my life for the better. And, you know, it turns out I was right. Like that, those are three really good things. And when you're starting from a place where I was at, like any change you make is going to make a difference. Right. But, um, long story short, over the course of those of, of six months, I lost over 120 pounds. So I went from being in the north of 300 pounds down to under 200 pounds. I think the lowest I got was like 180 pounds at that point. And, um, I reached this point where I, I was, you know, I was significantly, I had changed my body significantly and I looked, you know, obviously way better, um, compared to the way I looked before in my mind. Um, but I didn't feel like I was doing things the right way. Even when I first started, like I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I didn't have any idea of what proper nutrition was. I didn't have any idea of what a proper exercise program was. I just knew that if I went to the gym and I did 60 minutes of cardio, that that should help me lose weight. And I knew that if I stopped eating fast food and I ate things like chewy bars. Um, I think I ate a lot of like apples and things. I ate a lot of lean cuisine, like those microwave dinners that, that you can buy from the frozen food section, because I thought in my head just, and obviously this is advertising, right? This is how advertising works. They got it into my head by seeing the advertisements and seeing it in the stores that lean cuisine makes you lean, right? So, um, I ate a lot of those, uh, a lot of Subway sandwiches, right? Subway, eat fresh, Jared, the whole weight loss thing. So all of these things kind of connected in my head, even though Subway, I guess, is technically a fast food. But in my head, it wasn't the same as like McDonald's and Burger King and, and all those things that I was eating on a constant basis. So like I was doing some things right. I was definitely eating less calories and burning more calories. And so obviously I'd lost a lot of weight, but I always felt like I didn't really know what I was doing. And it was really a vulnerable feeling 
to feel like, you know, uh, if somebody asked me, you know, my advice on what they could do to lose weight, like, I don't know, just do what I did, I guess, just, you know, go to the gym and, and get on the elliptical for 60 minutes. Eventually I started running on the treadmill for 60 minutes straight. Um, and like, you know, eat Subway and chewy bars and like that didn't seem right. Um, and, and I remember really vividly a point where like my efforts in the gym started to plateau. Um, I wasn't having the same success anymore as far as, um, losing weight. Um, and I didn't really feel like my body was changing the way it should be changing, like the way I wanted it to change. I wanted to look like the guys on Flex magazine covers or uh, I think one of my main um, like one of my main inspirations was to look like the guys from 300 because at the time that movie had come out and I was like, wow, those guys are like what I want to look like. Right. The CrossFit started getting big at that point. I wanted to look like Rich Froning. Um, and running on the treadmill wasn't getting that done. And so, um, the problem was that I didn't know what to do next. And, uh, I remember a a specific time when I went to my mom and I said, you know, I don't know what to do. Everything that I'm doing so far isn't working anymore. And like I started, I just broke down and I started crying because I didn't know what to do next. Everything I had tried wasn't working anymore. And, um, you know, being a mom, she wanted to fix everything. And she told me like, what can we do? Like, is there somebody that could help you? I'm willing to pay like for somebody, like if you want to hire a personal trainer or something like that, like I'm willing to help you. Um, and I just remember feeling like I didn't even know where to turn because the information that I was getting online at the time was only, you know, so detailed, like there there wasn't a lot of information, I guess, unless you really dug deep, like into the forums of bodybuilding.com or, you know, men's health or whatever, maybe had some good stuff out. But my point was like, this was back in like 2009. There wasn't as much information then as there is today. Um, and so I didn't even know that coaching existed. I didn't know that there was such a thing as an online coach at the time. So, you know, uh, needless to say, like I never actually hired anybody, but I remember that feeling of helplessness. I remember that feeling of not knowing whether, uh, you know, not knowing what to do and not knowing whether I would ever figure it out. Um, and for a lot of people, I feel like that can be really like triggering to go back onto bad habits, right? Like, what's the point if I'm not going to be able to reach my goals, why even keep trying? I mean, I see a lot of that today actually. Um, and it's really too bad. And, and, and that, that feeling stuck with me over time, um, as I, you know, uh, kept going, you know, eventually I did find information. I really did dig deep and find information from, from really trusted people. Um, it, it's hard at first, right? Because everything kind of seems legit. And so there was a lot of trial and error where I tried things that didn't work and I tried, uh, um, you know, I tried things that didn't work. I failed a lot of things, I had some success and, and little by little, I started to learn a little bit more about what proper, nutrition is or what proper training is. But uh, even so, um, you know, leading up to that point, I thought like I wanted to be a medical doctor. That was my goal at the time, at least as far as my um, education was concerned, because I felt like 
if I go to become a medical doctor, that is going to be the way that I can help people and to get all the information that I desire as far as how to be healthy and lead a better life. Um, and so I started devoting myself to that. Um, because at a certain point while I was undergoing this whole transformation of turning from what used to be a fat kid who didn't know anything about exercise and nutrition to trying to model myself into somebody who did know, uh, what to do about nutrition and who could be that wealth of information for other people. Um, you know, I just kind of fell in love with it. I really decided that I wanted to help people. I wanted to get this information, not only for myself, but get this information for other people so that I could help them to not feel the way I felt when I started and not to feel the way that I felt that day. Then I went to my mom and had no idea what I should do next. Um, and I cried about it because I felt so helpless. Um, so I decided to, that I wanted to go, um, and get, um, you know, uh, an education in medicine to become a doctor. And because I was so wrapped up in like loving exercise and loving at some point I, 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 I migrated away from the cardio and got more into lifting weights with the help of family friends who were really into lifting and bodybuilding and they showed me the ropes. And so the more I got into that, the more I wanted to study that. So I went to school and got a a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. And obviously that taught me a lot. Like now I'm not just guessing at things and, and, um, seeing things from like a gym bro perspective, which obviously there are a lot of things that they do that are correct, but now I'm understanding it from an actual physiological basis and from a scientific basis. And so I really liked merging those two things and, and knowing not just that something works, but why it works and being able to, you know, actually make something that I found in the gym more effective because I know the science behind why it works. Right. So I can tinker with things and make it work better, so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, all this time it was kind of like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm getting to know more about exercise science, nutrition science, biomechanics, all that stuff. But I still want to go to medical school because that's ultimately how I'm going to help people. And so long story short, there was a point in time, um, I was shadowing doctors and I was asking them like what their day-to-day life was like. And I realized that I actually wasn't going to be able to make the difference that I thought I could as a medical doctor because what they were describing to me was just a model, just a career where you see sick people or you see people that need surgery and you fix them, you write them a prescription, you see them for a few minutes, you have a consultation, you put them under the knife, you fix what's wrong, and then you ship them off to you know the pharmacy or you ship them off to the physical therapist um, and then hope that everything changes from there. Right. So if you see, you know, an overweight person, an obese person, like the, the, like all they really knew how to do was, Hey, we could give you, um, some advice just to like eat better and move more. And then like, if things get really bad, then maybe we can explore something like, a you know, lap band surgery or gastric bypass surgery. Um, and as an orthopedic surgeon, which is what I thought I wanted to do so I could work with athletes, I realized like you're not really seeing athletes most of the time. Maybe some of the lucky few orthopedic doctors are able to see athletes, but most of them are seeing 
older um, populations who are just deteriorating, right? People having a knee operation because they need a knee replacement or um, they've fallen and they need a hip, they need hip surgery to fix their broken hip or things like that, right? It's not really all that you think it's going to be when you're you're like a kid and you think, oh, I'm going to go work with LeBron James and, and the best athletes in the world and I'm going to be able to help them to lead better lives. So I kind of got to this point where I said like being a doctor and it was a tough decision because I didn't have, um, or I had applied to medical school and at the time I didn't have a backup plan. And and I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to go to medical school. And even though I had gotten in, I just decided not to go. And I took a year off in between my bachelor's degree and that. And I decided that I wanted to get a master's degree instead because I wanted to be a coach because at the time, I started seeing a lot of information from uh, coaches like Lane Norton and Alberto Nunez and, you know, the, all the guys at 3DMJ. And I discovered all these forums where all these people were helping each other to lead better lives as far as bodybuilding is concerned. I was really into bodybuilding at the time. And um, I decided I want to do that, too. I want to go be an expert. I want to be a coach. I want to help people. That's how I'm going to help people. It's not, I'm not going to help people being a doctor, but I can help them as a coach. I can make a difference by helping people to exercise better and to have better nutrition. And so uh, in that year that I took off from, from school, I went to a seminar by, by Lane Norton and I asked him for advice on where I should go to school. And uh, I remember telling him like, Hey, you know what? I really want to do what you do for a living. Um, One day I want to be a coach like you. And it's just kind of funny how those things work out because, you know, eventually, um, which I'll get to in a second, but like now I'm, I'm Lane Norton's strength coach. I program for him. Um, so to go from being that kid that didn't know a single thing about how to program exercise to being able to help who I came to respect and trust as an expert in the field to be able to, to be, to be able to have him put his trust in me that I know what I'm doing was really, really cool for me. Um, but, uh, you know, after that seminar, I ended up going and getting a master's degree in the University of South Florida. And for a while, actually, like I was thinking, maybe I can be a professor. I want to get a Ph.D. I could be a professor and help people that way. I could be a coach and a professor. And that way I could educate kids on how to, um, you know, read the research and extrapolate the, the necessary information and then also help the people in the trenches who are actually wanting to be better at their craft as a bodybuilder or a power lifter or what have you. And so, um, I started kind of doing some coaching on the side while I was on my master's degree. I did a thesis track in my master's degree because I wanted to get a PhD. So you have to do some original research and show that you're capable of doing research. Um, I worked with Dr. Bill Campbell, who'll be a guest on this podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, we did a lot of research there and I was still really into it, like for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm still into re- to research. Don't get me wrong. Don't take that the wrong way. I'm still really into research. Um, but I really wanted to like be doing my own research and go get a PhD. And so I did, I went to go get a PhD, um, at Arizona state university. I learned a lot in my master's degree. Like, uh, it was uh, one of the best experiences I've had and it taught me more than, than, 
then, um, you know, it, it took my knowledge from like what I thought was good to exponentially better and even helped me see that even at the end of my master's degree, I barely know anything and I need to keep learning. So I'm a lifelong learner. I just thought that a PhD was the way for me to keep learning and to, um, take my, you know, expertise to an even greater level as it, uh, as it pertains to being a coach. And so I went to go get a PhD at Arizona state, which is where I got my undergrad originally. And unfortunately it just wasn't the experience that I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, maybe some of that is my fault because I, I didn't pick my advisor co- maybe correctly. Um, but I was told some things that uh, didn't end up being true about the program. Um, and I'll probably get into this in a future podcast about what what my experience was like, because I think there's a lot of people out there who have the same aspirations I did of wanting to get a PhD um, and maybe have this idea of what it's going to be like. So it'd probably be really good for those kinds of people to at least hear what I had to say, make their own conclusion from what I have to say, whether it's good for them or not. Um, maybe make fun of me because they're going to say that I uh, like couldn't hack it or something like that. But um, if I wanted to finish that degree, there's no doubt in my mind that I'd have finished it. Um, I've always been somebody that can grind. It's not about that. It was just lit- it, was, it was really more about the environment that that was. Um, the environment that was um, present in the program, um, but we'll get into I'll get into that more. Uh, long story short, um, I I stopped the PhD program. I decided not to do it any longer. Um, I had some thoughts, and I still have thoughts about getting a PhD at, at some point later down the road. But I realized in in that year of my PhD that I was not it wasn't really steering me towards what was really fulfilling me. Um, And what really fulfills me is helping people to be the best version of themselves. Um, And that's why I wanted to start this podcast and, and, and start another sort of branch off of what my strength cave brand is um, to deal a little bit more with how you can be the best version of yourself. And that's why I'm calling it the peak human project. Uh, because what I've gone through throughout my time, uh, in, in this, in fitness and throughout my journey, as you might call it, is a period of time where I knew nothing, where all I was focused on was losing weight and, you know, uh, thinking that the the road to health and the road to being the best human I could be was by losing the body fat, losing a lot of weight, Um, Then I transitioned to thinking that the best way to be a peak version of yourself is to um, gain a bunch of muscle and and get really strong. You know, I really wanted to be a bodybuilder and I did all the bodybuilding diets and I, you know, (laughs) I uh, did the cheat meals because I thought that would make my muscles grow bigger. Everything that you hear nowadays that sometimes you laugh about or maybe you know, or is, is news to you. I mean, that all existed then too. It's just so there was less uh, of an ability to understand, uh, to maybe to get that information as opposed to nowadays. It's like, there's so much information that you don't know what to believe. Um, but anyways, uh, so I went through that, that sort of, um, 
period of time where I thought that peak performance and, 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 and all that was being as muscular and as strong as possible. And I did the powerlifting competitions and I went to Lane Norton's camp originally also because he was going to be doing a seminar on how to, um, perform the big three better. Cause that, that was actually right after 2014 raw nationals when he won and, you know, I was like, well, okay, I'm going to learn from the best power lifter in the game on how to be a better power lifter. And so, um, I was obsessed with powerlifting. going into my, uh, master's degree. I wanted to study powerlifting and period. I wanted to study periodization and program design for powerlifting. And, and that is exactly what I did with my, um, thesis and my research project was I studied two different programming styles for, um, pa- uh, powerlifting, uh, programming and, and whether or not the the tried and true one was any better than the one that I had hypothesized um, may be different um, and essentially it was daily undulating periodization it was just two different models of daily undulating periodization um, and then going in through the PhD and actually kind of being um, humbled by back injuries myself and that made me kind of take a step back from powerlifting. I started to think that like, is powerlifting and being as strong as possible really what, what being a peak performer is all about. Um, and so I guess it's kind of come full circle to where, like, I think it's like a blend of all these things, right? I mean, Yes, being strong is great, and I love helping people do powerlifting. I love helping people do bodybuilding. Um, But I also love helping people who just want to be stronger, who just want to be a better version of themselves, who just want to feel accomplished by going to the gym and staying healthy but but reaching some strength goals that they never thought were possible. Like, are they going to win powerlifting competitions with their strength levels? No. But does that make them any less um, valid? Like, are those goals any less valid? Or are those things any less, um, you know, cool uh, compared to somebody like, you know, uh, Taylor Atwood, who is hella strong, incredibly strong, you know, and, and is definitely a peak performer at what he enjoys doing, which is powerlifting. But some people don't care about powerlifting. You know, some people don't, some people like weightlifting. Some people like jujitsu. Some people like just being able to feel like a badass when they go into the gym, go home and have enough energy to spend time with their wife and kids, you know? And so I started to think like, what really is peak performance? What really is being a peak human? And from all the experience that I've had to me, you know, there's a lot of examples of what that is. It it can be a power lifter who's winning USAPL Raw Nationals. It can be a bodybuilder who is winning, you know, um, the Mr. Natural Olympia or the Yorton Cup or something like that. But it can also be, that I just said, a C- CEO of a company who doesn't want to let his health go lay by the wayside because he's busy at work, right? He doesn't want to be that statistic who lets themselves go down a path of bad health just because they're working like a dog all the time. Like it can also be that person who's like, you know what? I'm going to run my company. I'm going to uh, go to the gym. 
an account, a, a good amount. I'm going to reach some goals in the gym as far as like things that I've always wanted to be able to do physically. Um, I'm still going to have the energy to travel around the world because of my business or stay and play with my kids and all that kind of stuff. Like that is also peak performance. That is also being a peak human. And I think we also have to think about like, yeah, powerlifting and bodybuilding are really awesome. And don't get me wrong. I still love doing those things on my own, maybe not on a competitive level, but it, like that's the kind of training that gets me excited. But is exposing yourself to periods of extreme famine where you're getting down to sub 10%, sub 8%, sub 5% body fat on a regular basis, is that really good for you in the long term like is is that are, are you aware of the fact that that's probably not the best for longevity right um and we see it today with all of these problems that people have with weight regain and 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 um you know uh binge and restricting as far as eating disorders and you know having body dysmorphia with the way they look because they're not stage lean. And, and it's like, there's a lot of things that I think people, we didn't really see coming from, from this seemingly, um, innocuous sport of bodybuilding. And, and maybe the same thing is true with powerlifting. Like, yeah, if you're lifting 600 pounds on your back, you're going to get injured eventually. Right. And how's that going to affect you going into old age? Like, are you okay with that trade-off? And if you are, then more power to you. I'm here to help you with that. If you're willing to, to trade off that potential uh, risk for what you are wanting to accomplish right now, then that's totally fine. But I also think that we should be honest with what those risks are so that if people aren't willing to do that, they have other options and they're able to perform at a high level in their own right. And it doesn't have to be bodybuilding or powerlifting. And so that's really what the peak human project is about. It's really about, I want to talk with people who are experts in many different fields within the fitness industry, within the, um, health, wellness, fitness, all of that, and come to a conclusion, I guess, as to what, how we can blend those things to really, you know, I don't want I don't want people to get into powerlifting and bodybuilding or CrossFit or weightlifting and have it just be a, a flash in the pan, so to speak, where they do it for a few years, they get injured really badly, or they just fall out of love with it. And they don't like, they're just fit for a few years and you see them in 10 years and like all the same things are wrong with them. They're, they have, they're overweight. They have health complications. Like I, I think that being a peak human is about blending all of these things into a way where we can, um, have lifelong fitness and extend ourselves long, as far as longevity is concerned, but not just expanding lifespan, but like expanding, expanding our ability to lead a life that's worth living for the amount of time that we're alive. Right. Um, and so that's, that's kind of why I started, wanted to start doing these things. I know that 
originally this is supposed to be a, a, a video or a podcast about me and I hopefully I have expanded a lot about who I am and where I've come from but I also wanted to explain exactly why I'm starting to do these kinds of videos and podcasts and what you could expect as far as what I'm going to talk about in here and I want to talk more about myself I think it's important for me to um, let you guys know who I am um, beyond just what you can see on on so far on my social media and so far on my website and all of that. Um, so that's why I wanted to share a little bit about my past being overweight and my past, um, you know, what my family structure was like uh, a little bit. And, and I hope to sort of uh, let you in a little bit more on what I do day to day, like what my hobbies are like, like how do I, what is my expression of being a peak human? What is my expression of peak performance? Because uh, it's different for everybody. Um, and so my hope is that, like, for those of you who may be searching for what your version of, of like, longevity and, and peak performance and, and, and all of that is, that, like, you can take bits and pieces of what I say, what what my guests and people I interview are going to say, and start formulating what is the best plan for you and what does it really look like for you? What is this? What is your fitness? What is your training? What is your nutrition? What is it all actually going towards? What's the end goal? What are you, are you just trying to win some trophies in your twenties and then call it a career and call it a career on lifting in general? Or are you trying to stay in shape for life and ensure that you have a healthy and productive life um, well into your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. So yeah, that um, that probably covers a lot of it. Uh, if um, if you guys have questions about things and, and how things are going to run, um, feel free to reach out. Feel free to leave comments here. Um, I'll have more information about what this podcast slash video podcast, whatever you want to call it. I, I mean, I guess a lot of podcasts are videos these days, but, um, I'll have more information on like what to expect from it and like how often I'm going to be doing these kinds of things. A lot of them are going to be me just talking into the camera and talking to the microphone like I did today. Um, and then I'm also going to have a lot of interviews with people that I've come to trust in this industry and maybe people that I've just intrigued and I want to talk to um, in this industry and ask them questions and ask them uh, more about what they're experts in. So thanks very much for listening, you guys. Uh, again, this is the Peak Human Project and glad to have you guys and we'll talk soon.